1: What's up, guys? It's episode 5, Bulldog Uncensored, coming at you live. Uh, Before I get going, today's show is brought to you by Amy Young Photography and Boiling Guitars. So, check out amyyoungphotography.com and Boiling Guitars on Facebook. Alright, today we've got a really good friend of mine um, from Metal Scene and Influencing... I should say, on Instagram and a whole bunch more. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Lilith Estros.
0: Hey, guys. How's it going?
1: What's going on? So uh, tell tell our viewers or listeners, I should say, um, you know, what it is you do as a whole.
0: As a whole, I guess uh, pretty much... How it, how I can sum it all up is saying uh, I live to be on stage, whether it's a physical stage with music or it's a, it's a virtual stage with any of my streaming platforms. And I just love to create and be creative. And I love to travel and I love music, and uh, yeah, I love to share all of my passions with the world.
1: Right on, uh, another entrepreneur after my own heart, so I definitely yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll get started with music. What's going on with Sorrow Seed?
0: Well, so a couple of years ago, we moved across the country from New England to Las Vegas, and so um, pretty much that was just Caden and I. Caden um, and I met while Sour Seed was on our 2016 tour. And so we played a show in New York, in Brooklyn, at a place called, uh, what the fuck was it called? Uh, I forget, I forget which venue it was at at this point but it was in new york city and we met at this show and we took a liking to each other and uh we sort of began a long distance relationship and from there he um sort of uh we 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 all became close um him and his band solemn vision it was called spectral voices at the time And we decided to go on tour together. And so then we embarked upon the Ring of Malevolence tour, which was uh, named as such because we made like a whole entire ring around the whole country, including up to Vancouver, which was amazing. And uh, we had a really amazing time and we all got very close. And so um, at that point, Caden was not in the band yet, but a couple of the members were filling in because some of our previous members couldn't do the tour. Um, It was actually really shitty kind of how it came about. Um, A couple of the guys in the band sort of backed out of the tour last minute after everything was booked. Um, And so we were going to have to cancel if the guys in Solemn Vision hadn't been able to fill in, which, uh, which they did that was super awesome uh anthony and carlos um on drums and bass so that was super cool that they were able to do that after that tour came back um basically i was told by josh who was the remaining member of the band that he was no longer really interested in pursuing the project and he was going to go off and do something else with the drummer So, um, that left me with nobody in the band except for me. And so, um, Caden was like, well, you know, I can play guitar. And so I was like, all right, well, you know, hopefully we can find some new members. And then we ended up moving. Um, but before we moved, we did a couple of gigs, just the two of us, which was interesting and not anything that I would have anticipated doing, but we got some encouragement from my friend Joseph of Najimora down in Baltimore. Shout outs to him. Um, he's in an industrial project, and he was like, you know, you guys could just play shows, just the two of you. And we were kind of like, uh, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go over. And he was like, well, you know, you should give it a try, because... You know, when I thought about it a little more, I had seen a lot of um, one man bands popping up. I don't know if you uh, have ever noticed um, that kind of that kind of thing happening over the last few years, but uh, most notably, it was was it Mark Rizzo? Yeah.
1: Do you
0: remember him through like a few years ago, and he came through um, to play Dusk? Yeah, he was, was originally like, oh, no. uh,
1: in Soulfly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so I was at that show at dusk, and I was just I was just watching him, and he had the crowd. Oops. Sorry about that. I thought I was plugged in. Plug in. Um, He and he had the crowd all hyped up, and they were super into it, even though it was you know, just a guy and his guitar playing the backing tracks. Right. So, that left an impression on me. And so when my friend Joseph suggested that we try that, I was like, all right, well, it might be a little bit of a stretch for our fans, but let's try it. So the first show we played like that was a show with those guys, Najimora, down in Baltimore, and uh, it was an industrial show. So it went over pretty well, and we got a lot of positive feedback, we met We even had, like, a fan come out that had been watching us on Twitch for a while. I have a Twitch channel, like, uh, that's been running for almost four years now. So, you know, we had friends coming out and everything. And nobody cared that it was just the two of us. Like, they were like, you guys rock. So, with that having gone really well, we booked a couple more shows in New England before we made our journey. Um, We went up to the Gothic night dark in Salem. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Um, And that was a great crowd for it as well. Maybe because it was like a sort of like a goth venue and you know, they just, they didn't think twice about the fact that we didn't have a drummer or no, or it was just the two of us. Everything sounded great. The sound was really easy to control. Load in was a dream. Well, yeah. oh, it did five <laughs> minutes you know it was like Caden and his guitar and a backpack and me and my microphone and a bin of merch so we realized that it was really fucking easy to play shows like this yeah and um you know we weren't sure about necessarily headlining a show or um you know p- like playing on a big big show or anything like that but for the in the meantime we were like okay you know we can do this and so then we took Sorrowseed seed over to europe um the year before the pandemic we went over to london and that was kind of like to us that was like a real test because we were no longer anywhere in our hometown or near it in any type of way we're playing in a completely new country um you know it was it was the first time for, like, a lot of things. Yeah. So we were like, man, I hope these guys are, like, you know, gonna accept us without a drummer. And that was, to date, one of the most wild, insanely packed, crowded shows we have ever played on very short notice, mind you. Like, the show came together with, like, less than a week ahead of time. Wow. Um The communication with, with the person at, at the venue was just really really spotty and we couldn't just pick up the phone and call them because it's fucking long distance right so we had to just go back and forth over email and they took for fucking ever to respond in fact they took so long to respond we were already in london by the time they confirmed the show so we didn't even really have any of our merch and stuff like that we brought uh you know the interface just in case and we borrowed a friend's guitar Um, but regardless of that, we did have a few of our, our fans come out and, like, the crowd was absolutely insane for us. Like, there were fucking people climbing up the rafters and shit. There was, like, at one point, there must have been some kind of zombie crawl happening or something. This was in, like, October, I think. Yeah. Because, like, all of a sudden, I look up and I see these two dudes in zombie make makeup, like, making their way up to the front, <laughs> and one of, them, one of them has a fake chainsaw and shit, and his head banging with a fake chainsaw, nice. and I was just like, I had this huge fucking smile plastered across my face, and I was just, I was loving it. We were just in our fucking element. Yeah, I was gonna so, say,
1: like, that's just the perfect circumstances for you guys.
0: Absolutely. It was so much fucking fun, So, you know, they absolutely loved us over there. And we were like, all right, we got to get back over here. And so, of course, in 2020, we had planned to do a little mini tour of the UK, including um, a stop in Belfast, Ireland, which for me being Irish, that was going to be like a dream come true. Um, But, of course, we all know what happened in 2020. And uh, here we are in 2022, and we are just now finally hopefully fingers crossed rebooking those shows and um just starting to make our plans to head back over that way so that's kind of what's going on for the moment and uh you know of course when we moved here we had planned right away on seeking out some more musicians but we moved here at the end of 2019 And just when we had kind of gotten settled and unpacked and everything, you know, it was about like February or so when we were like, all right, let's start looking for musicians. And then just a few weeks later, you know, the shit hit the fan Yeah, and there was no, there was no meeting anybody like, you know, I had, I had sort of like had some brief contact with a couple of folks and then. That was it. Like nothing materialized there and then a whole bunch of shit changed and it was just impossible to fucking meet anybody. So in the meantime, we have been working on some new music. Um, we're sort of like we're not really sure what direction we want to take with Sorrow Seed just yet. Yeah. So when with the former with the former albums, we have three three full links already. And those were written primarily by Josh um, with some input from other folks. You know, I, I co-wrote a couple of the songs on the last album, but the music had always sort of been a little bit all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many different elements like, you know, doom primarily, but there was a lot of like progressive, and sort of like thrash and blackened elements and stuff like that. So, you know, it was always kind of hard to describe us. We we were just sort of using the melodic death metal like umbrella. Yeah, you Um,
1: you guys are, you know, I I had a few people approach me at at one point because I mentioned you in conversation and I was like, well, it's pretty much, you know, everything under the sun you can think of death metal. (laughs) so you know I'll roll into one so that seems pretty accurate
0: yeah and like on one hand it was it was kind of cool to have it like that because it made us versatile to be able to play different types of shows like right. we were, we would fit on a death metal show we would also fit on a doom metal show um, we've also fit on it, industrial shows and we've fit on gothic shows so in that sense it was kind of cool because we could just sort of tailor our set to whatever the circumstance required but on the other hand like it never really gave us a very defined sound so you know now we have the complete freedom to make it whatever we want right um so we're kind of trying to decide what direction that we want to go in um For a while, we considered maybe just scrapping the whole project and starting fresh. But, you know, I'm like, we don't necessarily need to do that. We've already built up a fan base and a following. Yeah. We have fucking we have a ton of merch still, you know, CDs, especially we have probably something like at least 500 albums left that we would like to sell. Yeah. You know, Um, it just seems so wasteful. I mean, what are we going to do with them? You know, like, so we've decided at least to carry on, you know, with Sorrow Seed. We're still sort of fleshing out where we want to go, what direction we want to go in, what our fans want to listen to. You know, we did a live stream and we asked some people's opinions, you know, who tuned in and, you know, got got different types of feedback. But, you know, the end of the day, it was kind of just like, just do what you guys want to do we were like, all right, well, cool. Let's try to figure that out. And uh, it's a little bit difficult to to write. I'm, I'm not much of a music writer myself. So that means it's like pretty much mostly Caden yeah. at this point. And uh, we'd really like to have, you know, another person involved. So we're probably going to try to sort of uh, start reaching out again to, to people out here and see what we get. Um, but in the meantime, we've been working on a completely different project with a friend of mine um, from Maine that I have known since, like, since I was, like, 15 or 16. Oh. So, like, the early days of the internet. I can't even remember how we met. I think it was on AOL or some shit. <laughs> but he's uh, he's kind of, like, a little bit of a, of a I don't want to say a virtuoso because that would imply that he plays multiple instruments and stuff like that i mean he does play guitar bass and he knows how to program drums but he's he's really good at what he does um i did my very first kind of demo with him way way back before i was in any bands and so he sort of hit me up out of the blue um about six months ago and was like hey you know i want to um I just I just bought this like kinda professional recording setup yeah. and I wanna try my hand at being a producer and an engineer. And I would love to write some music and have you sing over it and I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like fuck yeah. This is this is fucking perfect because you know, we're we're sitting over here kind of like at a standstill with sorrow seed and we're like kinda like what do we wanna do with this? And then this comes along and so We recorded all the vocals in New England, um, primarily up in Maine, in his cabin in the fucking woods. It was super metal. And then we did the rest of the recording in my dungeon in Providence. Yeah. So it was like, you know, I was really vibing on that.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's got the right backdrop and, you know, there's definitely some spooky areas in Maine. I've vacationed Mm -hmm. up there for many years and in the backwoods of Monson and Greenville and you know Bangor area so I know what that's like
0: nice yeah um he, his family had this little cabin out on this little tiny pond and you know after we were done recording I would just go out there and sit sit on the little dock and like stare at the moon yeah and, like this is fucking amazing you know so it was a lot of fun recording that album we were able to crowdfund it, which is super cool. We um, we did film a music video for it, which we filmed um, partially in Massachusetts and partially in Rhode Island. But so we're working on putting that together too. It's uh, the video is probably not going to be done for a little bit still, but the EP it's a five song EP, and we're kind of just putting the finishing touches on it now. Yeah, doing final mixes, and we are hoping to have a March release date for it.
1: That's wonderful.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited. It is way fucking heavier than Sorrow Seed. Wow. It is like <laughs> the heaviest fucking shit that I've ever gotten to work on, and this is the first time that I've been able to have full control over the lyrics, and so... Um, although I did have a little input from the boys when I was writing, writing, uh, the, the lyrics for these songs, you know, uh, a couple, they, they would add like a couple words here or there. And yeah. We just, uh, you know, we all had a little bit of fun with it. Um, but the subject matter is really fucking brutal. The name, the name of the project is called Murtair, which is a, a Gaelic word. Um, for murderer, yeah, and I took a lot of themes and feelings i was I was going through some shit at the time in twenty twenty. I had a crazy bitch from Massachusetts attack me um physically in her home. Wow, this was like another so called dominatrix, which i 'm not gonna name drop because she doesn't d- deserve the attention, but somebody out in like western mass completely lied about who the fuck she was. Um, I ended up sort of giving her a chance. She wanted to be part of my events. And uh, she ended up physically attacking me with her fucking, like, 60-year-old mother. It turned into a Jerry Springer episode. Um, It was fucking wild. And then she took me to court, and she tried to claim that I attacked her. So she totally turned it around. Oh, and she tore out a whole bunch of my fucking awesome hair. Like,
1: well, that just just, ain't right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was like, dude, you fucking with the locks? Like, Uh -uh. I mean, I told everybody in the scene about her after that. So, like, you know, she got hers. People don't want to fuck with her anymore. Um, i'm pretty sure she's kind of been driven to the point where she has to like work out of new york now because nobody in new england wants to fuck with her yeah that'll happen yeah right it's not that big of a scene so i had i had like all this fucking pent-up rage about that situation and like the thing is when it happens the me of like you know if, if it was the me in my 20s I would not have hesitated to just pummel the living shit out of this bitch, right? But the me in my 30s was kind of, like, just staying calm in the situation and not really fighting back. I was just kind of, like, I got, like, one good punch in on her. I was like, all right, I got to hit her in the face at least once. Um, But beyond that, I was kind of, like, I was kind of holding back. And I'm kind of glad I did because what if I had really fucked her up? You know, like I've had martial arts training right. and I know how to fuck a bitch up. So I think that was kind of the reason I was sort of holding back because I'm like, what if I like break this girl's neck or some shit, you know?
1: Yeah. It's always like, better in those situations to just kind of lean in towards the defensive end anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly. and, you know, so mentally I was just sort of like, I was just kind of like stunned and surprised, because this came out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, right. Obviously. It was so weird. She had her like, you know, the long and short of the situation was she invited me over with one of my slaves um, to do some sessions. All right. And we were supposed to spend the night. She has a fucking like four year old kid that was supposed to be away for the whole night, yeah. you know, he was with uh the grandmother or some shit like that so all of a sudden out of nowhere like after we do this session and you know we're still kicking it there with my slave and stuff deciding what to do next she fucking all of a sudden gets on the phone and starts having the kid brought home and me and the slave just look at each other like what the fuck is going on right now she hangs up the phone and she goes oh yeah i want you to meet my kid And we're like, this is not the time. No, it's not appropriate. No, like, I'm here with my slave. Like, we had a couple drinks. Like, this is like a kinky get-together. Like, why the fuck are you bringing your kid back? It was so fucking awkward. Yeah, you
1: set those situations up a certain way for a reason.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Right, like, if she had said, hey, I'm going to bring my kid home part way through, I would have just declined the whole thing, because that's just fucking weird. So she's got her little dungeon set up in her home. I notice that she doesn't close the door to the dungeon after the kid comes home. And it's up this, like, little sort of ladder, right in front of his door. And I'm just watching her and the husband, and I'm like, are they gonna close this fucking door? The kid's home now this point and like you know there's this whole like dungeon right there all he would have to do is like go up the little ladder and like stick his head up and boom he would just be exposed to it right they never close the the door (laughs) they never close the door i'm getting fucking weirded out at this point yeah so i decided to leave and i happened to be live streaming on uh one of my platforms because she had kind of just I kind of removed myself when the kid came back. He started, like, screaming or whatever. And so I was like, ooh, now he's screaming. All right, I'm going to go upstairs where my, all my stuff is and maybe yeah. pack my stuff. Right. I pop online because I'm just, like, I don't know what to do. This is weird. Yeah. So I pop online, and I start telling my friends, like, what's going on. A few minutes later, uh, she she, like, starts – coming up the stairs like screaming and shit just like like having a fucking like blowout like psycho style so she comes up and starts yelling in my face while I'm on camera so I have like multiple witnesses for this and uh, she's just like she's like you know you're really fucking immature Lilith blah blah like this is my house I can bring my son home whenever I want and I'm like look like, that's fine. That's just not, like, appropriate right now for right. this type of thing that we agreed to do. So I'm packing my shit and leaving. Yeah. And she's all like, I didn't know that you hated kids. And I'm like, so okay. And I'm, like, <laughs> pretty vocal about the fact that I don't like children, first of all. Oh, right. Anybody who me even a little bit knows that I don't like kids. But second, like... You just like this is just no place for a fucking kid right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And her mindset was just so bizarre. She wanted me to meet her kid at like ten thirty at night. Like while I have my slave tow. After we just got done whipping the shit out of a dude upstairs, like, you know, fully naked, fucking old dude, like, you know, cock and ball torch or all that, like near feet from this little kid's bedroom. So, <laughs> yeah, that's
1: definitely not a situation you want to be in.
0: Yeah, it was just fucking strange. So she took the whole thing as like a huge insult to her kid. She got really fucking weird and offended that I was like snubbing her child or whatever the fuck was going on in her head. What in so i trying to leave a few minutes later, this bitch just comes flying at me. And I'm just like, what the fuck is happening right now? And then, you know, to make, like, then all of a sudden, the mother, the, like, 60-year-old grandma lady comes flying down the stairs, ratchet as fuck, like, and then jumps in on it, too, and starts, like, yelling and trying to threaten me and stuff like that. And while the husband is cowering in the corner not fucking doing anything right so you know my sub and i kind of deduced later that he was obviously being abused by this woman because why the fuck else would he freeze up like that in a situation like my sub was trying to break it up he was trying to get this bitch off me um he was just standing there in the corner like you know kind of like trying to like mildly throw insults and stuff and you know I'm just like <laughs> dude you could have like tried to be a fucking man you know right, what I'm saying right. like little pussy ass bitch
1: well so Finally. to kind of uh, segue a little bit backtrack because I think we might be getting people a little lost in this topic um <laughs> yeah
0: so, it's a long topic yeah so-, so I mean
1: <laughs> um, so for those of you that don't know not only is Lilith they very talented musician and, uh, online presence and whatnot. But, um, explain how you got into the dominatrix business, shall we say.
0: Um, that sort of came about naturally. I had been doing some fetish modeling and I tried first, like, just all types of modeling, whatever fetish people wanted to kind of, like, you know portray i did some some like rope bondage stuff and some like girl girl scenarios where we would like swap and take turns like spanking each other and stuff like that and i really quickly realized that i didn't like being on the bottom side i liked to only like be on you know the person like kind of doing the stuff yeah you "You want to be a
1: church step into the world of power loyalty
0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I don't like being spanked. I don't like being tied up. So I'm not doing any of that shit anymore. Right. And so through modeling is kind of when I realized that, oh, there's a whole lifestyle attached to this. And so I sort of started discovering lifestyle and we're fortunate in new england to have a pretty decent you know lifestyle scene and someone told me about the new england fetish fair um flea market um by neela the new new england leather alliance i'm sure you know what i'm talking about and other people listening do as well because it's very long running and so uh i went to that and i think i Popped my head into a couple like little classes or whatever and just kind of observed what people were doing. There were people like, you know, in full out slave mode. There were some people just like all in latex, stuff like that. And I was like, oh, there's a whole lifestyle here and I want to be part of this. So I got into the lifestyle before I decided to become a pro at it. And when I was in college, I basically. Put myself through college that way I had my first dungeon, it was over in Medford At the Mystic Valley Asylum As it was lovingly Named and <laughs> um, It was like up in the attic of this Place that I was sharing with A few people at the time And you know I kind of moved in and I was like Hey um What's going on, is anybody using the attic for anything Like there's all this space and they were like No, nah, whatever and I'm like Yo I'm I'm building a fucking play space Up there, <laughs> so had my first dungeon there. Somebody custom built me a couple pieces, including, like, a cage that fit right into the ceiling, kind of, like, you know, ceiling slope like that. So he built the wood, like, right into the rafters.
1: Yeah, it's impressive. And,
0: uh, it was super cool. Kept a couple people in there overnight. Um, had a couple really good parties there. Had, had a few good parties and a whole bunch of sessions. And then I realized uh, that... I needed to move my dungeon because um, one of my friends who had a dungeon in Revere was sort of being checked out by the police. Um, BDSM is like super illegal in Massachusetts. And so she sort of gave me a heads up that they had said that they were looking at a place in Medford next. And I was like, well, that's me. Yeah. So I fucking took that shit down immediately. I was like, fuck this. And I essentially moved to Rhode Island. Um, I moved my dungeon there first to Pawtucket, and then I just eventually moved myself down there as well. And uh, I loved it. I loved living in Rhode Island. It was worlds different than living in Massachusetts. And you know, in Rhodey, they don't give a shit about yeah, yeah. kink. You know, they're just like, hey, whatever the fuck you want to do. Prostitution was legal there up until like the early two thousands. So. Yeah. You know, I never ever had any trouble in in roadie, so that was awesome. And for the most part, you know, the the scene has led me to some really cool people. And this this situation that happened was pretty much an isolated incident, um, very unfortunate incident. But I will say there are some crazy ass fucking people in the fetish and goth scenes. Like there are just legitimately mentally ill people. Yeah, and you know. What what I went through was like you know a testament to that, and so, you know I I found a really good opportunity to sort of channel some of the the uh, the shit that I was feeling and the shit that I had to fucking deal with and go through. I channeled it through this fucking this album, and uh, so that's where the name of the project comes from. And it's just uh it's just fast heavy fucking brutal and it's raw pure emotion and i am super excited to release this music i will definitely like shoot you over a link like when it goes live oh yeah absolutely we're gonna give it like a nice good little promo push nice and hope that everybody enjoys it and there's also kind of a random 90s cover in there which (laughs) was not even my idea um But, uh, but our, you know, my friend Rob was like, was like, Hey, uh, we should do a cover. And I'm like, all right, what do you want to do? And, you know, he's like, well, I know you like this band. And I was like, "Uh, I don't know if this is going to like fit like with the rest of stuff. But by then he had already like started writing it out. And I was just like, uh, okay, we'll see how this goes. (laughs) So I don't know. To me, like, I like the cover. It's it's a little bit of a wild card though, so I think we'll probably just put it as like a bonus track kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's
1: always how that ends up.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was fun though. Like, there's no denying that for yeah. sure. It was a lot of fun, and yeah, it was it was so great. Like, one of the great things about you know writing like music or or like books or movies or just anything that you're trying to create any storyline, you can do whatever the fuck you want in the storyline. Yeah. So you can, you know, skin someone alive in in song. <laughs> yeah, you can the possibilities are endless. <laughs> <laughs> you can disembowel somebody and tie them up by their own guts. So, you know, I I was able to exact my revenge and in the sweetest way possible and you know, it's it's just really fucking satisfying knowing that I was able to take a, a shitty fucking stupid situation like that and turn it into something that is gonna be enjoyed by so many people. Right. No, so, I mean, that's the yeah. beauty
1: about metal especially, is you're able to, you know, take the rougher edges of life and kind of mm-hmm. portray them in different ways that other music you just can't get it done
0: of course yeah there are certain things that you just really cannot accurately portray without there being some aggression behind it so yeah that's that's everything that's going on with with me and music right now I'm uh I'm pretty happy to finally have some new material coming out and with Caden and I this also really helped kind of uh jumpstart, you know, or rekindle I guess our our desire to uh to continue to to write some new music. Caden put some really sick solos Rich. on this stuff. Like just really, really fucking impressive. He is such an amazing guitarist. I feel really fortunate to uh to have him, you know, to write music with and the whole thing is just sounding so fucking brutal. And sound wise, like i guess it's sort of uh you know i i asked i asked the guys how they would classify it and they're saying like death metal slash death core yeah and I'm like all right you know because to me i i always have trouble kind of classifying music especially metal i i should say i have trouble classifying metal sometimes because other music like it's pretty obvious and most of the time and there's not so many subgenres that get mixed oh, and yeah, stuff like that. Oh yeah, there's so many different
1: flavors of metal, it's ridiculous.
0: Exactly. So, but, but yeah, suffice to say that it is just simply the heaviest, most brutal fucking music that I have ever had a, a part of creating and I'm very fucking excited about it.
1: Awesome, well, I, I look forward to hearing that and getting a stiff neck from headbanging, hell yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So, uh, you know, playing off of your other, uh, hobbies and whatnot, I, you recently made a, uh wrote a book? Did I see that yeah. somewhere? Nice.
0: Yeah, that was another thing I did in 2020. I was like, okay, I'm gonna make something of this shit year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta make the best of it.
0: Yeah, I actually, where is it? I was showing it off the other day. I, uh, I won an award for this book, wow. which was not anything that I was expecting to do. So the book, it's, it's an ebook. book um, yeah. In 2020, I had a lot of model friends or aspiring model friends hitting me up on Facebook, Instagram, whatnot, just DMing me like, Hey, I want to get into this foot modeling thing that you do. And I'm like, oh, you know, and they all want to know how to do it. They all just want, like, you know, this. Step by step guide, basically, and kind of just wanted me to lay it out for them, and I'm like, huh, you know, I'm getting so many questions about this. I'm just gonna fucking write a book about it because that's not really a question that I could answer in a paragraph, yeah, or maybe necessarily even two also, not for nothing, I have been putting a lot of my fucking like life into this for a number of years I have gone out there and done the thing I've learned by exper- experience i fucking learned by research like I'm not just going to give you the formula and like have you go out and half ass it like yeah. like like my, my expertise like has value and I find that people respect things a lot more when you know they, they make a little sacrifice as in paying for something yeah. you know it's reasonably priced it's 10 bucks for like a sixty five page manual. But uh yeah, here's here's the fucking award that I won. Holy crap, it's all shiny and shooting. Yeah, it is, and it's really sharp and pointy. Like you could definitely impale a motherfucker on this.
1: Damn. Yeah, that's <laughs> impressive. Nice.
0: And uh it's it says the the fan favorite book uh for how I make bank as a foot model. And this is from Alt Porn. Yep. Yeah. uh They do the magazine Alt-Star, which I I got featured in, Uh, you know, we, the, normally there's a red carpet in Hollywood for this award show, but, you know, it was done virtually this year, so they printed a picture of all of the award winners in the magazine, so I got to be in the magazine as well, Um, but this meant a lot because it was entirely fan-voted, which means that. You know, I, I have awesome friends and fans that fucking support me, and, you know, a lot of them really enjoyed the book, and they told me that it really helps them a lot. And even now, I currently have people that still kind of hit, hit me up about it, and they're like, oh, what's the link to that? I want to, I wanna, like, get into this, and I also want to support you, and I'm like, fuck yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter what medium you use, you know, just networking is everything. I tell people that all the time.
0: Absolutely. So that was super fucking cool, and that really inspired me to uh, to continue to write. And I'm going to continue with another book in the series about how to run fan clubs, because you know OnlyFans got really popular as well, and so yeah, that's
1: blowing up like crazy.
0: Yeah. So I'm releasing a book later this year on that. Probably going to be similar page length, and then after that. After I've released two ebooks, my plan is to release a real physical book about my life as a dominatrix, and just sort of sharing like a real, genuine sort of like Fifty Shades type of uh, you know tale. Only it's it's going to be real and fucking not some stupid made up backwards ass bullshit. Yeah, I've never I've read that fucking novel, I wouldn't recommend anybody read it, but mine's gonna be like this, you know, a real look into the world of Dominatrix. And I'm planning on this book to be like thick, you know, I want it to be, have some weight to it, and I want to, you know, sell it at events and stuff like that, conventions, and maybe do a little book tour at some point.
1: No, that's impressive. I mean, you never cease to amaze me with how much things you're reaching out and tackling all the time so it's uh, definitely inspiring
0: thank you so much i appreciate it i i have adhd so i've got to be doing a lot of shit all the time all at once That's yeah just, I, like, I think it's the nature of the roll. beast with
1: with musicians too i mean like i can't just be doing one thing like I, i've got the podcast now got two bands plus a couple other projects and Anything oh, really? to make a buck, yeah.
0: Wow, what are your two bands?
1: Well, I'm still doing Fuel of War. We've been doing that since 2009. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, go through the uh, lineup changes and the headaches with that. So I completely mm-hmm. relate to what you were talking about earlier. Oh,
0: like totally. losing memories some? Oh, yeah, some.
1: completely. <laughs> so So we've, we've been through a lot, but I... Uh, I've had the same group of guys minus the drummer since about 2011, so I've been pretty fortunate. But uh, we've had some ups and downs, and then I've got uh, uh, another project slash band in the making. Um, Me and uh, Alicia from Shred of Salvation started a project called Satin and Steel. Oh, that's so uh, cool! Yeah, I'll have to send you a link to that. it's definitely like Hailstorm with a little bit more balls to it. Um, nice, you know. I wouldn't Very say helpful. it's a death metal record by any means, but um, yeah. So we've we've got you know a five song EP planned, and already got one single done on Spotify. And I'm uh, on top of building my addition of my in-laws, I'm going to be building a recording studio in the basement, and so I'll be planning on. You know, not only producing the show, but also uh, other bands and whatnot, and, and including cool. that. So de- definitely love to ride the Randy ambition train along with you. I'm all about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, awesome! High fives! Hell yeah! <laughs> but
1: uh, yeah, no. So musically, I'm I'm doing that. I mean, both things are kind of part time right now, with obviously the pandemic finally slowing down it'll be coming around again and we've we've gone about a year and a half without a drummer in field of war um mm-hmm. so we're doing tryouts now
0: oh cool um, so i hope you guys you know are able to find the right fit
1: yeah and it's been a long time since we've actually like had a complete like full release so we're mm-hmm. we're overdue for that and you know now that we've got things like spotify and and YouTube you know it's much easier than it was ten years ago to get exposure mhm, so definitely trying to take sure. a, take a little uh gamble at that um definitely curious about the fund the uh crowdfunding type of stuff i'm I'm kind of new to that, so I'll definitely be talking to I you can, further um, about that yeah. I could
0: give you a couple tips it's yeah, definitely sure. worth doing you cool. know um i've I've crowdfunded pretty much everything that Sorrow Seed has done, aside from, you know, the albums. Those were sort of uh, covered by Josh originally because he had been just kind of saving up for that. So he had always planned to do that on his own. So, But everything beyond that, like all, every single one of our tours um, and, you know, the, the, the air release, all of it was crowdfunded every time. So, you know, I can definitely give you a couple tips with that. Yeah, and, I agree. You know, you especially right now as as hard of a time as it's been for some people financially, um, there are a lot of other people that did not have any financial issues and, you know, luckily were able to just stay working the whole time. And people it's it's those people who tend to appreciate music and art the most because these are types of people often with, like, mundane jobs and stuff like that. So, you know, when, when they, they see that you're doing something, they want to support you. And you'll be surprised how much support you'll get. Um, One thing I will recommend is if you're going to do a Kickstarter, set the goal kind of low. Yeah. Because Kickstarter, like, it's really weird, but they don't pay out unless you reach your goal. Yeah. So you might end up, if you don't reach your goal, you might have to pay the rest of, uh, like pay the rest of it yourself, which is like, you know, they, they take fees and stuff. So you'd still come out with a net gain, but, you know, you don't want to have to do that. So the best thing to do with Kickstarter is to set the goal lower than what you actually need. something reasonable that you're going to and just say, like, we're actually trying to raise, like, you know, $3,000. So yeah. let's try to get it there. Or you can use GoFundMe. Because yeah. they don't have uh, a limit.
1: right? Like,
0: let's say you do a campaign for $3,000 and you make $300. They're not going to penalize you for not hitting it. Yeah. They're just going to pay you 300 bucks, and you don't have to worry about it. So, you know, there's two different avenues to take with it. Yeah. Um, we usually choose Kickstarter for ours just because people tend to associate Kickstarter a little bit more with artistic projects. Yeah. And more people use GoFundMe for like medical stuff yeah. so I mean it doesn't really matter either either way you know you just do the one that suits you Right. but um, yeah that that would probably be like you know my my biggest tip for deciding which platform to use
1: right on yeah so uh, hopefully you know with weather getting better out here I don't know if you're going to be back on the east coast in the next six months or so but we'll definitely yes. have to get together and catch up
0: I'm glad you asked, because we are actually, Sorrow Seed is coming back to New England on May 5th, right, before Mother's Day, which is great timing, because I love to come back, uh, you know, in the spring around that time, visit my mom, visit my family, see all my awesome fucking friends, and we are going to be playing at one of our old stomping ground spots, uh, you know, O'Brien's in Alston. Nice. So, we are playing that show with our friends in Zonga. And uh, I think a I think a Chinese band called called Long. Oh wow! They're embarking on a tour, which I am also excited to say that I am part of. I'm not doing the entire tour with them, but I did some some clean backup vocals for Zonga like a few years ago on one of their albums. And they recently parted ways with their female backup singer. And when we were back in New England this past October for my birthday show, we had those guys uh, playing with us. Cause we just, we just love them. And so, uh, so we sort of, I spoke with Alex at that time about the situation. I was like, Oh, well, do you need a, do you need a touring singer? Cause I'm available.
1: Right, <laughs> right.
0: So I'm going to be doing a few, of a uh, few of those shows with them. Nice. And yeah, I'm going to be doing some shows in the Northeast and then going down to Florida with them, and when I end up in Florida, at the end, I'm going to be at Fetish Factory's, like, final, uh, like, big ass event. This, this event called Fetish Factory has been going for something like 25 years, Whoa. and they had planned during the pandemic to make it their last event of that series. Of course, it got rescheduled, and now it's finally happening this year, so... I love that event. It's just like kinky, big ass pool party the entire time, fun mm. in the sun, nice. people getting freaky, people <laughs> looking hot in latex, you know, hopefully I'll, I'll get pampered while I'm down there and I'll get to do some spanking and whipping and all that good stuff. And so it's, uh, and then, and then not long after that, just a couple months later, we're embarking on our, our European tour dates. So, so, um, it's going to be a really exciting summer for me and Sorrow Seed, and I'm super excited to finally be able to fucking do shit again.
1: Absolutely. No, I, I definitely uh, I look forward to whenever life lets me uh, get off this continent and tour in other countries, because I, I definitely yeah, want man. to see the That's world.
0: <laughs> where That's where it's at. Like yeah. I feel that other countries, uh, people in other countries just have such a such a really deep, unabashed appreciation of art and music. Like, it's just, it's such a completely different experience yeah. than it is, like, with most cities in the United States. And that's not to say, you know, you can't get those those feels and that energy from from shows in this country and even local shows, but it's a whole new level when you go to other countries. Like, all of our shows in Canada and the show in London, like, by far surpass like all of the shows that we've ever done in the US maybe even like cumulatively you know it's just yeah uh, if you get the chance you should definitely go for it
1: yeah I'm I'm basically at this point in my life just grasping that whatever brass rings come my way because I ain't getting yeah. any younger and you know I, exactly. I'm, I'm here to make a dent in this world instead of just being some bump on a log so I'm all oh, about
0: yeah. it. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just fucking just take shit and run with it. You know, we only get one life. So, you know, get out there and live it. It's not that hard to follow your dreams. Like, you know, you just got to got to take actionable goals and steps and, yeah. you know, be responsible with your finances and find ways to make it happen. Like people, people have asked me all my life, like oh how do you do all these things or they'll say things things that I hate that people say to me are like oh you're so lucky that's that's number one like don't ever fucking say that shit to me and also two like I wish I could do what you do don't say that shit to me either because first of all luck has very little to do with it I historically have terrible fucking luck I've never had good fortune I've just always sort of whatever, maybe some bad karma from a previous life, I don't fucking know. I have worked my ass off for every single opportunity and adventure or anything that I've ever fucking done, so luck has nothing to do with it. Am I fortunate to have, like, my good health? Like, yes, of course, but to say, like, you're so lucky, that's a fucking insult, like, please don't say that shit to people. Right. Um, You know, and the second one, like, oh, I wish I could do what you do or have your life, like, you can. You can or if you can't it's because of choices that you chose um that are preventing you from doing so. Right. I don't have children. I found a partner who does also does not want children. If I had decided to settle down and get married, of course I wouldn't be able to go easily traveling the world or no. fucking staying out all night, going to four or five parties in a night which is something I like to do sometimes like Four or five parties in a night? Sure, let's go. Let's do it. But, yeah, like, you know, aside from that, if you haven't decided to lock yourself down like that, you can definitely have my life. You have to work really hard. You have to be financially responsible. And you have to take steps to plan things. And if you're not good at that, you can always, like, hire a person to help you plan things, like tours, vacations. This shit's hard. Like, I'm not going to lie. Planning tours... Like, I just started looking at booking flights between, you know, we're going to, like, three different countries, I think. That part sucks. Like, I don't, you know, I don't enjoy doing that. But at the same time, I also don't have to pay someone else thousands of dollars to do it. Right. It's, a, it's a thing that you can do on your own. You just yeah. have to sit there and be willing to spend a couple days on it, you know, and understand the fact that shit happens. And you might have to, like, have a plan B. So, I mean, that's all it takes. You want to fucking go on that trip? Go on that trip. You want to go be a fucking, you know, an actor, an actress? Go do that shit. You want to, like, start your own band? Go fucking do it, you know? You want to be, like, a, a nude, like, hula-hooping girl at, like, raves or something? Like, right. go that shit. Like, you can do any of the shit that you want to do. You just have to, like, actually go for it.
1: Yeah. No, that's pretty much the same advice I would give anybody else. I'm still trying to take my own advice over the years, so I understand that struggle. <laughs> so, well, first of all, thanks for doing this. I appreciate you coming and taking the time, and it's been awesome to catch up. I know we oh don't God, see each yes. other half as much as we'd like to.
0: I would love to see you when I'm when I'm back in town. So yeah, right on. I do plan on on being in Rhodey, so I'll hit ship for sure. And nice. Yeah, it was great. I had a blast being yeah. on the so show. So where can DC
1: people and, like, find you?
0: Um, so my socials, um, you can find me at, at, Lilith Astaroth on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Twitch, come and hang out on Twitch. I'm there, uh, Mondays and Thursdays most of the time from, uh, about eight o'clock Eastern to 11 or 12, depending on, you know, how the night goes. Um, definitely come and hang out with me on Twitch. I would love to hear from some of my old homies or, you know, maybe some new ones. And uh, you can find Sorrow Seed and um, Mertair. We're going to be posting all the Mertair stuff on the Sorrow Seed page, so you can just find us by searching for Sorrow Seed on Facebook, um, YouTube, Spotify, and Bandcamp. If you want to actually buy an album or you know just support the music in general or get some merch, you can head on over to Bandcamp, and that's where we post all of our shows as well as Facebook. So. You can get info on, on all that stuff. And, you know, if you have bands in town, some people have that app, like we put all of our shows there as well. So you can keep an eye on us. You can check out the new uh, music release coming soon from Murtair. And, uh, and yeah, that, that's about it in a nutshell. And I do uh, vanilla streaming on uh, an app called Pococha currently as well. So if you go to my, my Instagram link, I have a little link tree it's got the links to all my pages so come on over i i live stream now for like you know part of my living so i'm pretty much fucking i'm online almost every day so so if you guys miss me come on over and keep me company come say hello i'd love to fucking hang with you guys and yeah i'm I'm looking forward to to getting back home to new england soon and reconnecting with everybody so
1: absolutely (laughs) Well, it's been good to talk to you, and we'll catch you on the flip side.
0: Sounds great. All right, guys, we'll
1: catch you next week for sure.